Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Joining us in the Fair Game Hot Seats today are two badass women who know the importance of fueling for success. First up, we have Kate McDade, the nutritionist behind NutriKate, a professional nutrition consultancy. Kate is a competitive basketball player with an MSc in sports and exercise nutrition. She's worked with sports stars, including most recently the Dublin ladies football team. Kate, you're very welcome to Fair Game. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Delighted to get the invite. <laughs> and we're spoiled for choice in Fair Game HQ today, as also joining us in the studio is food blogger who recently brought out one of our fave cookbooks called Delalicious. She's a familiar face having played for Tipperary Ladies football team until 2006 but she's more likely to be found winning Dublin Lancer titles with her club Fox Cab. We're delighted to welcome Tip's finest Sinead Delahunty to the show. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks so for having me. Great to be here. Yeah so Sinead you've introduced your food style as for the love of real, real food. How would you sum up your food ethos? So really, like I suppose, come from Tipperary, um, like small town and come from a farm background. My dad's a beef farmer. So food for me is just all really about the land, where it comes from, and particularly like Irish products. So growing up, all I knew was real food. It was like just ingredients my mom used every day. It was nothing out of a packet or nothing you could reheat. We don't even have a microwave at home. So that's really my focus. It's just about fueling your life, like with actual ingredients, learning how to cook with really simple ingredients. And just like enjoying and loving food, uh, I think is so important. And people like are so worried about being in the kitchen and worried about the types of food they should be eating, shouldn't be eating. And it's just really all about balance. Like I would have chocolate most days. I work in a hospital. There's chocolates everywhere, unfortunately, lots of the time. Um, and it's really hard and you feel like, oh, God, no, I can't have a chocolate now. You know, I've got a big match tonight or whatever. And then you just kind of feel like oh no, you're depriving yourself instead of just have the chocolate, have, you know, a nice meal out, whatever it is. But it's all about balance. You can balance that up with really good, wholesome food. And so that's what I try and bring to the blog. And when did you discover you had a talent in the kitchen? Um, well, I suppose I've always been cooking. Like my mama tell a story of me like when I was about three. Uh, I don't remember it at all. And I'm there like standing up in a little like stool, chopping away carrots like at the counter shop before I was even in school. Um, so I suppose I've just always been cooking. I can remember like making my own breakfast like the whole way up to school. Um, and then like, you know, obviously going into like secondary school, bringing your lunch and stuff like that. And it wasn't until I'd like left college, so finished physio, was out working and had started, um, I suppose, a permanent pensional job. And everyone's saying, oh, that's great now. You know, you're set for life now, job in the HSE. And I suppose I can never kind of settle it. Kind of maybe one thing, I like to be busy. And my brother, just my older brother, Owen, he said to me, he's like, why don't you start a food blog? So like I was always cooking, I didn't think anything of it. But like the first question I had was like, sure, who'd read it? Like, you know, like who do they know who Sinead Delonte is, you know, whatever. And so anyway, he just kept, I suppose, annoying me, pestering me. And I just said, OK, right, okay, I'm just going to shut him up. Just going to start this blog. And it kind of has obviously taken off from there. Just turned four years. Um, big birthday there last week on Valentine's Day. So I don't know why I think Valentine's Day. So it was like, I just love food. And yeah. <laughs> one uh, true love. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. One true love. So yeah, just the four years, last years have just been an absolute roller coaster. Like something obviously completely separate to football, but very much tied up in football as well. Um, so just has been massive, like huge challenges, but kind of great achievements and just loving every minute of it. Yeah, and you've cited uh, your mom as a big inspiration. So what's one of Mammy Delahunty's best dishes? Uh, so, sure, you know, like just love going home today, like getting the mammy dinner. I think anyone from the country like loves that bit of home comfort. Um, I think one of the favourite things that she'd always make would be like potatoes daffinas, but she wouldn't call that. It'd be just like garlic potatoes or garlic spuds. And we all know what we're going to have. Uh, and then like, I just love this like beef dish she does as well. Really, really simple, just like sl sliced beef with like mushrooms and the beef cream and onions. And yeah, it's gorgeous. 
Sounds fab. Yeah, it is fab. <laughs> you might just be one of the busiest uh, women in sport. You uh, work full time as a physio in uh, Blanche. Yeah, in Conley Hospital area. And you uh, also have a very busy food blog. You do an awful lot of corporate events. Uh, you uh, just launched a cookbook. You uh, retired from Tipperary County Panel in 2016. And you also play with Foxcab. Uh how do you feel for that? Like, tell us what is a day in the food diary of Sinead Delahunty. So, yeah, I suppose, like, it's very different. Like, you know, everybody eats for different types of level of, like, sport and for their bodies and what, how much energy they need um, in that side. So for me, yeah, my days are, you know, quite busy, but, like, I want them to be busy. That's my choice. So obviously in the mornings I get up at the moment, I'm cycling to work. So it's about, like, 11 kilometres to work. And once I get to work then, like, I have just porridge, simple porridge. I think, like, most people, like, love to start off the day with oats. Um, Then, like, loads of water throughout the day. Really important. Like, I'm on my feet all the time. So hydration is so important. And, like, working in a hospital environment, well, it's so warm. It's awful. Um, <laughs> I hate it all. I'm such a warm person. And who knows me, like, if they came into my house, I'm majority of the time wearing shorts and someone else would be, like, got five jackets on them. So, anyway, hydration is just so important for me. And then like, you know, we'll have a short break in the morning. I'll typically have like kind of a protein source like um, nuts or a bit of fruit. And there might be treats there. It's something I might have cooked or else someone else someone will have brought in if it's a birthday or whatnot. So, you know, generally there's a bit of cake or something lying around. Might have a taste of that. And then just lunch. Like again, I just bring in, I suppose, all my lunches to work. Like that's something that I've just always had. And I think that's something that kind of has rubbed off, particularly on my colleagues. I was on a career break for the majority of 2017. And at the start, when I started in Blanche, um, particularly actually my manager, <laughs> she's always be like in the lunchroom, she's like, what's in that now? What's in that box? And I'd be like fending things off, whatever. And then obviously when the blog started, people getting really interested in what I'd be bringing in. And things could be really plain, like, you know, just like soup or like just a bit of an old salad or something. Um, but then when I came back um, from the career break, I suddenly noticed that, like the lunchroom was way fuller and the majority of people were bringing lunch boxes full of stuff. And it wasn't like sandwiches they brought in the shop or, you know, soup they bought or something. They were making things. So I just thought that was like kind of be like, oh, God, I haven't been here, but I've rubbed off on people a little bit, which is great. And then typically, like, I suppose I'm lucky my job like we work half eight to half four so we finish a bit early so that's good for a sport like and get home get a dinner in then before I go train because like I know a lot of my teammates they wouldn't have time at all to have a dinner and I'd be like god you'd be absolutely starving and feel like I wouldn't be able to do that um and then typically after train then again like have some kind of a snack like smoothie or eggs or like a bit of my oat bread you know with something on it like mackerel crush or something like that so yeah that's kind of very boring. <laughs> I think like if somebody lived my life, they're like, oh, it's so exciting. And I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> it's not, it depends on how exciting it is. I mean, like a quite routine habit. Yeah. And Kate, you've worked professionally as a health and performance nutritionist and then went on to launch your own com- company, NutriKate. What initially interested you in sports nutrition? Um, well, to be honest, I played a lot of competitive uh, sport growing up basketball being my main kind of jam so that was kind of the first place I kind of saw okay nutrition is doing something here I also hated school like I (laughs) would take up sports just like basketball season end and I started athletics because I wasn't in class then so and I wasn't by any means mad or anything like that but I just couldn't no, nothing could grab my attention and then in fourth year actually in secondary school I got the opportunity to work with a, a nutritionist for two weeks for my work experience and I was like oh my god like that's so interesting she's just like speaking to a room uh, full of actually bus drivers and trying to get them to pick up dietary habits and like she was saying the same thing over and over again and each time I was like taking something new from it or I just was so fascinated by it and I was like okay like this is the first time I felt like this so maybe it's maybe it's true love <laughs> Um, so from that point I was like hey you need to get your act together like leaving this that, and the other and I really focused in on kind of moving that way and I was very fortunate from that sort of age that I knew that's what I want to do like I'll that's I've seen it, experimented with it myself to a small degree, but similar actually to uh, Sinead, I was very fortunate in the sense that I grew up on kind of meals from scratch, like um, good, wholesome food and I had a palate for it. I enjoyed it anyway. So it wasn't like it was 
strange, dark things coming my way. And I didn't, you know, I had to up upheave my whole life. But so that's kind of where I came from. I saw the benefits then firsthand myself and just went from there, like sports, something I love. So kind of it was great to be able to marry my career with that to some degree. And what exactly is the difference between um, a nutritionist and some of the other advice that we just pick up from online sources? So, yeah. yeah. It's like very muddy water <laughs> um, because unfortunately uh, kind of a nutritionist not a protected title. So technically all of us sitting in this room could be a nutritionist if we declared so. Um, dietetics or being a dietitian then is a protected title. So to a lot of people being a dietitian alone like that would stand to to you a bit more like they just presume that person knows a lot more than maybe a nutritionist. But yeah, like I mean... We all have diets. Everyone has an opinion then on food. We all have likes, dislikes. So it can get a bit tricky with so many voices out there and so many people unqualified that are so happy to give out um, information. And like sometimes it's not all bad, but it's kind of recognising the good from the bad. And um, yeah, it can, it can be quite difficult. But um, usually kind of the evidence-based crew or whatever they they want to call themselves like they stick together so I'd kind of slot in there uh, to some degree and you know I think if anything sounds kind of like a magic fix or quick fix or anything like there's usually something going on there it's not all rosy unfortunately take it with a pinch of salt exactly and maybe <laughs> <That's great>. yeah <laughs> food puns can we get oh, yeah go on keep them coming <laughs> um, but yeah so usually if it sounds too good to be true I just err uh, inside a caution and look into things like we are responsible for our own health to some well yeah we are responsible for our own health so you know take a bit of an interest Kate yours is a very scientific approach to nutrition how do you make sure that it tastes nice too? Tricky. <laughs> I might have to get some tips from Sinead after. <laughs> I was like, um, eyeing up that lunchbox like you're talking about. <laughs> Give me some ideas. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I mean, it's, it is going back to basics for the most part. Like, I mean, getting like a protein source, so a bit of meat or obviously a vegetarian or a vegan alternative and then pairing that up with, you know, plenty of veg and, spices and things to give it like obviously people have their own ideas of flavours that work for them but it's about kind of even opening them up to that and trying to get them to think so like uh, one struggle I see with like athletes I work with is fruit and veg intake so it's like giving them ways to work around that that they actually enjoy because as as Sinead said like it there's more to food than nutrition like it's it's an experience um it's a chance to sit down with people that you care about that you don't always get to speak with like there's a lot more going on so it's really important if you can kind of match what people like um to support their nutrition needs um in a, in a way that they appreciate and they enjoy Kate, you've worked most notably with uh, Mick Bones' Dublin ladies team in 2017 and 2018. Mm -hmm. um, so what do the girls have for breakfast on the morning set they're off to All-Ireland final day in Croker? You're obviously entirely responsible for their success of late. So what's oh, the, uh, <laughs> what, are they, what are they sprinkling <laughs> on their breakfast? Yeah, so again, um, the girls actually look after we we don't have breakfast together before a game. So I suppose the advice that you'd be given to like anything that we do Obviously, the if, if we're forced enough and hopefully we will be to be at an All-Ireland final again this year, like it would be, you know, the girls would be going through things that they would have practiced throughout the league, things that they would have been very comfortable come championship. Um, and it's all part of their routine. So that can vary. But like you're typically looking for something that's high in carbohydrate. That So something like your oats. um bread um, you get some beans in there if you like with a bit of protein so usually that's eggs for some people it can be whey protein and things like that but ultimately it's things that the girls really know for themselves because they're all individuals yes they're a team working towards one goal but what works for you know uh, Sinead O'Hearn won't work for Neve Collins kind of thing so and no I'm not picking them out of any reason but you know, just to give you an example they're individuals they're coming from different households they're coming from different lifestyles so so they kind of need to be a, a, get kind of a com accustomed to what works for them but um, so yeah so it could be anywhere from porridge and eggs to I don't know someone else might have protein pancakes so for example so. You're talking there about working with the individual yeah. athlete uh, in in, in involved in a team how do you kind of cater for each individual's kind of changing needs and schedule 
Yeah, so it can be it can be quite difficult. Like there's kind of fundamentals and kind of standards that as a team people should be reaching. So, you know, there are kind of uh, fundamental points to say fueling to recovery that everyone you hope to kind of that they're reaching that standard. Um, but then I suppose you need to fine tune that for a lot of people because, yeah, there's, you know, people doing shift work. There's people um, going to college. There's people playing with the college team as well as the county team and club team and this, that and the other. So it can be quite uh, challenging in that, in that sense. And I suppose like what I try and do is because you don't want to be pestering people. Like I don't want to be like, a nuisance to people so it's about building a good rapport with players with management so that people can feel like they can approach you and it's a lot easier to do that and then we can have a chat and a lot of the time it's very kind of you know like literally the chat we're having now like it doesn't need to be anything mental it doesn't need to be closed off anywhere like it's you know I like to do it casual in a way that people are comfortable with because mm-hmm. um, it's really important for me to get a good sense of of what their life's looking like and for them to be as honest with me so I can give the best feedback possible because what you don't want to get is people kind of trying to pull the wool over your eyes because they want to tell you what they think they should tell you I can't really help them then because they're not doing what they're saying they're doing to add to that so um, so yeah so it's about building a, a good relationship I think with who you work with and going from there You've just mentioned um, that players I mean are super busy some of them are doing shift work some of them are going mm. to club and county and, and travelling all over the place Um does it matter what time athletes eat at? Does that have a huge impact on, on their performance? Yes, that's a really good question. So I think, again, it'll go back to the individual. So like, I suppose, again, I'm going with fundamentals of things like fueling. Like ideally you want your last meal to be two to four hours pre-throwing. Now, two to four hours, that's kind of a, a big margin. So again, it goes back to the athlete figuring out what works for them. Okay, I actually felt really good in this game get them to work back like what did I eat how did I prepare is that is that something I can repeat um, so yeah so it, it, it's definitely down to the individual but um, I suppose to make the most of your performance yeah there's like windows that you can fall in um, but but yeah I suppose it's uh, what what is their lifestyle allowing them for two like you can have the perfect thing written down on paper but if it's not something you can actually apply it's a waste of your time. So it's by figuring out what works well. I throw out my big word. Yeah. My chrono nutrition. Oh, <laughs> fancy. <laughs> yeah. I was watching a programme about it last night. So oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was all about how apparently it's it's becoming more um, evidence based about when you eat as opposed to so much about what you eat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think they're saying now as well, like the more kind of a routine you can have, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that can that will have an impact on, on sleeping habits and patterns and things like that. Um, I suppose like one thing that people also panic about is kind of how late can I eat or, you know, is that going to have a negative impact? Again, timings and stuff like that. And um, if we're looking at it from a body composition perspective, if it's not causing you to overeat, so there's have, then having a knock on effect on your body composition, it's not a problem. If it's not having an impact on how well you're sleeping or the quality of sleep you're getting, it's not really a problem. So again, it's going back to what actually works well for me. Like a big meal might work well for you uh, an hour or two before bed and might keep me awake or I might be able to, you know, I might be in and out of sleep. So again, it's knowing what works well and and kind of fine tune that for yourself. Super, I was just dying to use that word. Yeah, well said, <laughs> well delivered. <laughs> yeah, just just as every athlete has an mm. off season, they also have the dreaded pre-season. Mm. Sinead, as a, as a county player and someone who's played with a very successful club, how does your diet change throughout the year? Yeah, that's, I suppose, a really good question between like Tip and Fox got there for kind of three years, I suppose. There wasn't a huge amount of downtime because we were very fortunate enough to be between all our semi-finals, our finals, and then back on the horse again about like less than a month later. I suppose the big challenge for me came when I went traveling and went on a career break um, throughout 2017 and suddenly wasn't in the gym every second day, wasn't on a football field and was very much in holiday mode and it was a big thing for me I had like obviously had a certain amount of money going traveling and I had this app and put in how much you know I spend on what whatever items and at 
suddenly after the first month it like gives you a little like breakdown of what you spend your money on so anyway the top number I spend my money on was ice cream so <laughs> I love ice cream <laughs> but uh, yeah the amount of money I spent on it I was like oh god right I need to lift this in the mud <laughs> so um, obviously I was absolutely in 100% holiday mode which you know very much entitled to do um, but like, yeah, th- I suppose that just showed me like, you know, how much you can spend on certain food items and whatnot. And that was very much a challenge for me when I was traveling. Like, you know, I like to keep fit. I was still very active, but, you know, not doing the same amount of work. So like a big thing, I suppose, for me would be like, you know, that definitely it comes down to portion sizes, you know, and that's something since, you know, getting again knocked out, you know, all our final, we're just going back to training this week. So about like kind of two months off, we'll say, you know, is definitely a portion size. You can be still quite active where you're not doing the same maybe intensity of activity. So, you know, you don't need the same amount of, you know, food sources inside. So just like really simple guidelines, you know, I use that like um, the new guidelines from the Food Safety Authority of Ireland came out and they're just really handy, really useful. They're available for anyone to download. Um, so just like using your hand because I have tiny hands, you know, the same person, same height as me could have much t- bigger hands, whatnot. Um, so it's just making food portions appropriate for each person. And a thing that I found quite useful as well, like, you know, for my book, did a huge amount of research and trying to find like evidence out there, like appropriate to athletes, but also to just the everyday person. So that resource was the athlete plate. So it comes from America, from um, a group of um, dietitians working with um, Olympic athletes. But like it breaks down the plates in really, really just, I suppose, visual format. And that's really applicable to everyone. So there's like a plate just for just everyday life, a plate for your kind of average activity so training every second day and then a plate for like your performance day so these would have been plates that like if with tip we would have had maybe maybe a talk maybe once a year we weren't fortunate to have someone like Kate with us all the time um you know but it was just really simple guidelines but I think it was never actually given in a plate format and I think that's something that like everyone can has at home everyone fills and it's just about devising how, like how much of the plate should be filled with what food sources so definitely like you know I'll be working towards obviously the off season plate at the moment but we'll be ramping things off shortly um, yeah and that's that's the big thing again it's not about depriving yourself it's just fueling your life with the right food sources It's a fine line though when you're trying to perform at a really high level um, and maybe put in like double sessions every day or and then maintain a job and I don't know something they call a social life um <laughs> how do you make sure that you are either cutting calories or trying to maybe drop some weight that you've picked up um on the off season um how do you make sure you can do that without sacrificing your performance yeah so a uh, great question so i suppose like there's a few kind of principles that you can roll with like i mean one thing that proved to be very popular amongst people would be like tracking calorie intake so using something like my fitness pal I suppose why that's popular is it allows flexibility so if you are fortunate enough to have a bit of a social life from time to time I know some of the girls are very limited in that in that area but um you know it allows that flexibility to kind of eat out of the norm but things like um I suppose like including low calorie foods like plenty of vegetables in your diet having protein sources so things like your your poultry your red meat your eggs uh foods like that keeping that high so that basically what that will do is help retain your muscle mass but it's also um the most kind of filling out of the macronutrients so again if you're more satisfied after the meals you're having you're less likely to go for for more or want more um so yeah and i suppose recognizing kind of and having some understanding for the foods that are going in like knowing like so i suppose kind of the junkier foods like yes it's definitely I don't think you should deprive yourself and usually people go like well it's all or nothing and you know if I have had a bit of chocolate well then my day's wrecked so everything else might as well go by the wayside like knowing that that's it happens yeah, yeah. I used to do it <laughs> and it's like recognising it's like I had a bit of chocolate like relax move, like let's focus on to the next meal like and you know move forward that way Um, but I suppose recognising that things like junk foods like Yes, they are. They should be part of your diet if that's what you enjoyed some degree. But A, don't be dependent on it and recognising that they're highly palatable. And if they're highly palatable, they're way easier to eat, but they're also quite calorie dense. So if you can limit things like that, like alcohol, then's another big one, like um, I suppose options that are maybe lower in calories. Um, and then the next day when you're feeling sorry for yourself, 
everything doesn't get thrown by the wayside and you you know you're going for three takeaways or whatever it might be and um, just to kind of bring soul back into your body <laughs> um so just recognizing little trade-offs that you can make you know um and knowing that okay i went for this last night so i won't go for this this morning and things like that and little swaps like that i think can be really useful yeah and i suppose recovery is very important mm. factor in sport yeah and what kind of nutritional advice would you give to kind of aid that process yeah so like protein I know I mentioned it there like it's so important for your recovery um, depending on how difficult the session is or how kind of intense it was and over what kind of time frame it was carbohydrates become important but in terms of like muscle repair protein is essential so often I get people like oh well, I trained really late at night like I'm not arsed to make something um, I'll have a slice of toast and go to bed or I'm actually not even hungry I'm just going to go straight to bed like even getting something like a pint of milk in or a bit of protein milk or a whey protein shake in again it's way easier to drink calories it takes no time to get yourself sorted with that that would be a lot more beneficial to you than a slice toast or b going to bed without nothing from a recovery perspective particularly for athletes who you know might have training the next day where you're uh, time frame for recovery is kind of shortened um, so yeah recovery is or protein for recovery is really really important and as I said then when when we're training and depending say if you've got an intense pitch session or you've done a lot of running like carbohydrates then become really important too so uh, because you're using up your carbohydrate stores well they need to be replenished and again that becomes more important uh, depending on the time frame you have between sessions so obviously if you're coming in on a Tuesday evening and you're back out early enough tomorrow like carbohydrates are going to be really important after your Tuesday evening session and your breakfast and maybe even a snack before you go out to train again so it's uh, kind of being aware of your schedule when it comes to sport, I'm a complete weekend warrior uh, <laughs> and I have just realised that if you add a scoop of protein to a ton of berries and some bananas, it tastes like ice cream. Uh, so I'm <laughs> delighted with, with myself. Yeah. Um, but Sinead, uh, how easy is it for you to make your own protein snacks? Is it something you do and do you have any faves that we should try? Um, I suppose that's the main one like I bring to work every day is just like little pot nuts. Like they take absolutely no effort at all it's just a matter of having them at hand um they're not going to go off anytime soon either which is great um another kind of favorite thing would be like as you're saying kind of like your kind of fake ice cream let's say would be just like protein based yogurts so like you know your glenishk um high protein yogurts your skier um there's new ones in aldi i saw you actually sharing the other day the oh, lemon yeah. flavored ones yeah they look delicious um you know they're just like you know really high source protein again really tasty um, obviously watch out for the flavoured ones probably have a bit more sugar but you can add in natural like you know with fruit otherwise you know loads of different million different kind of protein based like you know balls and um, kind of based on like dates and different sources of either nut butter or just nuts ground up together so again like really simple ones like that I'd probably go towards like the yogurt or the just handful of nuts I think like they're always easy to have at hand I kind of generally always have them in the fridge as well so they're handy but definitely the protein balls as well you can freeze so you can make a big massive batch and just have them ready to go I never get as far as the freezer with them I'm always expecting <laughs> the date and nuts and they've always just gone yeah uh, <laughs> freezer is my best friend I would say like yeah I just portion everything immediately away so I won't go for that second serving and then yeah I have it then for another day Yeah, we've all been in that position where we've just grabbed the protein bar off the shelf to kind of give us the edge and refuel and is that wise what would you recommend yeah like I mean I don't think I think we're very fortunate in the sense that because people are starting to care a bit more about their health like yes fitness and stuff is that like that has become a bit of a buzz term and stuff and like people nearly just say it to say it now because it sounds cool or whatever it might be but yeah no I think like with that has come you know uh, different kind of manufacturers and stuff they've had to give thought to what they're doing and you know have made an effort to make things a bit more um kind of palatable but also healthier too so I think like protein bars like I don't think they need to be part of your diet um, but I definitely think they're they are a good option instead of a chocolate bar. Um, I think we've got plenty of good um, kind of quality bars out there. Um, again, it depends on what your goals are. Like, um, it depends on what your other options are. Like, if you're someone who's on the go the whole time and uh, you you want something sweet or you just want something high in protein that actually tastes nice, yeah, it's go for it. I definitely think it's a good option. There's, uh, there are some mad 
mad supplements on the market at the mad. minute. <laughs> 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 say the least. <laughs> uh, and every uh, Instastar is flogging us some new green powder or some Celery special, juice. oh God, some special skinny teas, my favourite. I'm like, what are you at, lads? Excuse me. <laughs> Come on now. Um, but what kind of supplements do you both uh, recommend or do you both take? So um, I suppose uh, for me as a physio working, I suppose in the realm of um, bone health quite a lot, quite a lot. I'd be um, very, I suppose, common to, you know, osteoporosis is really high prevalent here in Ireland, both for male and female people. So a source of vitamin D, obviously we don't get that much sunshine today. It's extremely dark day in the middle of uh, potential spring. So definitely a um, source of vitamin D and um, just an omega fatty acid. That would be generally the only two supplements I take. Uh, potentially like if I'm run down or have a flu then I would get another source of vitamin C on top of that um, just to really boost things up but they'd be the three main ones I'd use Yeah I'd agree uh, vitamin D and fish oils like particularly for anyone who struggles with their veg intake like omega-3s are just class for nearly everything like they um, and they've been proven time and time again same with vitamin D particularly in the winter months or spring months as it has it um, here in Ireland where it's extremely dark Um. I suppose like whey protein is marketed as a supplement. I actually see it as a dairy product, like it is a byproduct of cheese. Again, if you're someone who struggles with protein intake, it's not a problem to have it. Like it's a high quality source of protein. So that's definitely an option. And then creatine, again, depending on the sport that you're doing. But even for kind of general population, like there's more and more research coming out. Um, Yes, we know it's good for kind of, uh, strength and power and reducing your time to fatigue between shuttle runs and things like that so from an athlete point of view there's a lot of benefit to taking it there and a lot of merit um, but also then from cognitive function like we found um, research is showing time and time again that it you know it definitely is is kind of helping us to perform better mentally too so uh, though they'd kind of be my main my main jams <laughs> So we've heard an awful lot today about the benefits of taking an oil supplement and an iron supplement and the different benefits and drawbacks of taking different kind of protein supplements. But one thing that I swear by every day is taking a Zest Active supplement. It supports my immune system development, gives me a ton of energy and supports recovery from exercise, muscle function and mental performance, which, uh, yeah, something I definitely need on days like this. They're an Irish company and they have very kindly agreed to sponsor this episode. We will put all of the details in the show notes and there is a fair game discount code as well. So go and get your Revive Active Zest quickly. Shauna, what about you? Do you take anything every day to help you stay on top of your game? I take Revive Mastermind. The benefits are it supports normal brain function, healthy function of the nervous system, contributes to cognitive function, improves mental performance and helps reduce stress. And they're actually kind of delicious to take, aren't they? Yeah, really good. If you go right on over to their social media, they give you loads of recipes for overnight oats and stuff for the, uh, the zest one anyway, and it's delish. So check them out, Revive Active, and thank you so much for sponsoring our episode today. We know fad diets, uh, the information about kind of these fad diets are more accessible than ever. And everyone nowadays roughly knows the difference between the paleo and the vegan and the keto diet. But what is your opinion when you're fueling for success on the the three diets, the vegan, paleo and keto? I think it depends, again, on your sport, like, like, say, ketogenic diet, like for someone who's running around on the pitch like that is not an optimal option for you like carbohydrates are your main fuel source for high intensity exercise trying to do it on a ketogenic diet like you're actually killing yourself slowly um so like ketogenic diets perfect for someone suffering with epilepsy we know that helps them manage their epilepsy but like other than that like i don't really see again if it helps someone manage their food intake it's helping them maintain a a healthy lifestyle it's helping them maintain a healthy body composition which has a positive effect then on health markers okay maybe it's a good option vegan diet again like i mean if you're doing it for ethical reasons like who is anyone to say differently like you know but again it's really important that if you are doing it that you have proper kind of help in terms of making sure that like if you are taking a vegan diet there's things that you're going to be kind of deficient in or run the risk of being deficient in so recognising okay what am I not getting from my diet now because I'm excluding a lot of things how can I get them into my diet Um, and like paleo is good in terms of like 
yeah, it gets people to eat a lot more kind of whole foods, which isn't a bad thing. It's a, that's a good thing. But again, you don't need to be so restricted to that either. Like, I think there's a bit of scaremongering involved too. So, And what do you reckon, Sinead? I mean, we know from last year, uh, Megan Fraser, uh, the... Um, from the Irish women's hockey team, uh, when she was recovering from surgery, she uh, went vegan uh, because the um, the the properties of the diet apparently aid recovery faster. Is that something you guys had ever considered, or do you have any opinion on any of those diets? Um, to be honest, like I've never followed diet, um, so I can't comment. <laughs> um, but a lot of people do think I'm vegetarian because I love vegetables <laughs> and share a lot of vegetable based recipes on the blog. My reason for doing that is primarily because I think. Like growing up, a majority of my meals were like, you know, meat, veg and spuds. And there's nothing absolutely wrong with that dinner or that type of fuel at all. Um, But I just find that a lot of people are put off by vegetables and don't know what to do with vegetables. Whereas they'll like, you know, fry or grill or um, roast a bit of meat quite easily. So that was really for me is just like to push vegetables onto people a bit. um, Because like as Kate said, they're just full of nutrients. Um, like you know they're just a great fuel and source um, and as well I think they're just so bright and colourful for Ireland I think that's a big thing for me though like it is like that as we mentioned like the days are so dark and then for me like work and in, in a really busy hospital particularly like the last two months have been walking to anyone in the department and they <laughs> describe themselves as tired um, it just has been manic and you just have no control over your day over how it's going to go at all but I know that like okay come like the patients have protected mealtimes so thankfully we kind of get a protective, protected lunchtime as well and I know that like I'm going to have something tasty, bright, colourful in my lunch and it's going to brighten up my day a bit. Um, so that's like, you know, why I um, focus on plants a lot, we'll say. But like I'm coming from a bee farm, that's where, um, you know, that's where we were a single income family at home. That's like my priority as well as like is promoting the Irish producers. So I think if anything, if whatever diet you follow, I think if you can um, focus on Irish products and maybe not all the avocados and the soya milk, you know, that unfortunately a lot of forests are, are being cut down to produce these plants and they're coming at a very far distance to get to Ireland. So I think if anything, like depending on your diet, just focus, focus on Irish produce. And Kate, is giving nutritional advice to women unique in that you have to account for the different requirements around menstrual cycles, the energy dips, the desire to eat rings around yourself? <laughs> and is there any specific advice for fueling for success during that time of the month or anything that can be done differently? Yeah, that's um, that's a really interesting question. Like there's so much kind of emerging research and there's more research to even be done on that area. Um, like we, again, going back to being... In like individuals, we are actually really different. Like someone's cycle can last 21 days. Someone else's can be 35 days. So like there's still a lot. And even for myself, like I know bits and pubs around that. But, you know, there's a lot more that I could learn about that area. Um, and there's a lot more kind of research that needs to be done there. But definitely like in the lead up to kind of our, our menstrual cycle, like we do get a lot hungrier our metabolism also kind of increases so you are burning more energy over the course of the day but because we're hungrier we're eating it so that's why you'll never see really a, a drop in weight or we're not kind of reaping the rewards of burning a bit more extra fuel because we're negating that with the food rating but um, I suppose to know that it is okay to eat a bit more that you're not doing any harm there and again another thing I suppose is like water retention in around our time of month like that can be high so again people freak out if you're someone that's weighing yourself and all of a sudden scales have gone up it's like that necessar- that isn't necessarily fat gain like so don't panic um, but I suppose it's again being in tune with yourself recognising how you feel and um, I suppose from an injury prevention perspective too, like if you know you aren't physically capable of it because your strength and stuff can change too with with the time of the month. So like knowing yourself and being okay to say it to a coach, it's like I actually feel like crap today and, you know, can we manage it a little bit better? So I think that's again coming down to rapport building, no matter who you are in the team or what role you have in management or whatever, it's so important that your players can approach you and say look or even teammates like Joe and that's a culture in itself um, and and I think that's a really really important kind of backbone of any successful team. One of my favourite stories uh, I think it was about the English women's hockey team Um, I think it's them anyway but they were the coach or one of the trainers noticed that their energy dips were 
kind of almost sinking up a bit. And they were like, you know, could lift anything they gave them at one time of the month and then they could ring, run rings around themselves the other time of the month. Uh, and then there'd be a week where they were on the floor and none of them could do yeah. a thing. Uh, and he figured out that if he tailored trailing programs uh, for when uh, for peak parts around their cycle that it was uh, it just maximised their performances and uh, an app that's recently been released the Fitter Woman app yeah. um, is really beneficial I found for that because actually it told me that like you know, oh yeah, you're going to eat loads of carbs today. And I was like, oh my God, great. I've got permission to do it. <laughs> Not that I'm yeah. even an elite, but I was just like, okay, great. Yeah, super. Uh, Sinead, you, you work with the, the Fitter Woman crew. Yeah, so yeah, I came on board um, around this time last year, a little later on, along with five under um, LGFA players as ambassadors. So I suppose like, for me, it was the first time someone was actually like talking to you like about football and your menstrual health. I'd never been had that discussion before. The app, I think, is really, really powerful. It's, as you said, it's free to download. I think everyone should download and just have a look at it, if nothing else. Um, it's a huge education tool. And I think, as I said, a topic that just isn't discussed at all. And as you mentioned, like about the English hockey team, like definitely. So there's a whole site then of, we'll say there's the player app, but then there's also a coach app. So that's a great option, you know, if your team... Um, is up for it, you know, that they can share their information with their coach. So absolutely, there's huge education um, points like all about that different points of your cycle. You're obviously maybe potentially going to be more hungry, using more energy. Um, there's also aspect around the recipes. So again, different types of food can aid with cravings, aid with symptoms um, and also provide you with more energy and more antioxidants in different parts of your cycle and then likewise the type of exercise that you should tailor in that again you're going to have a higher strength at certain times um, working on flexibility there's a higher risk of injury at other times so it's really just about integrating a really strong warm up and flexibility components around that time and likewise I think it's just it's just really empowering I think like that you know okay like you're tracking things you know if there is a problem there's no you can you know seek help and that's definitely something that I suppose for me um is really important because I did have amenorrhea for a year and a half um before I went traveling and I suppose any doctors I went to well initially they thought like I could have had cancer or something like that and I'm like like I can't like I'm off playing like I'll earn semi-finals this kind of thing like you know that that's not going on um and then the next thing was like you know they were like oh you're doing too much like you're doing too much sport like you need to stop playing you know not stop but like reduce the amount of football and I was like you know I can't like I'm on these teams like that's not going to happen and I was like well it's you know such a part of me and I love it like it's not going to happen either Um, and then really for me I found it wasn't until I was travelling that journey when you know you'd be so out of your routine that they'd say that could throw it off but it wasn't actually it was just actually time and like I found like like just ultimately it was stress really that was causing it all so like I was just had written the book finished the book you know playing in two big teams um, a lot going on in work as well and suddenly that time away from everything actually you know brought things back so for me like now just having that app is just so important like to know that things are regulated and then when you see any change just trying to figure out and go back to the diary to, to find the solution as Kate was saying like you know tracking either your meals finding how things worked for that good match what you'd done that day so likewise me it's, that's really good powerful tool So yeah we've had a few questions and I suppose Emily do you want to ask? Yeah I, indeed I will. Uh, Sinead, this one I'm going to give to you. Uh, we've had a question from Muckrus Hockey Club's own Lucy Whitaker, who wants to know if you have any favourite recipes or snacks for halftime. We, pers- well, personally, I am mighty fan uh, of a bag of jellies around halftime. <laughs> but do you, is there any healthier options? Yeah, so I suppose in the Fox Air Camp, I think in teams of things, things to be very like kind of routine. That's what was done. This always needs to be done. And I think like for definitely, I'm sure Kate attests that like when you're playing like Gaelic football, like, you know, it's only 60 minutes. Yeah, it is high intensity sprint um, based um, event, we'll say, but it's not that long. We're not endurance athletes. OK, yeah, it might run in text time, but that's about it. So generally what we'd have at halftime, obviously, is plenty of water. Um, you know straight away hydration particularly like the summer we've had like it was so warm and definitely like if you're someone like me who literally turns into a puddle um, in hot weather like you know hydration is so so important on top of that like some people we'd have like you know just slice of oranges just same thing again source hydration bit of sugar um, and then definitely there would be jellies and jaff cakes lying around uh, again like you know it's so easy to like just overeat and be like oh yeah I'll have a jaff cake like when you don't really need it all so um 
yeah, like I think really the most important thing I'm sure Katie you agree with is just hydration, like, you know, with like um yeah. sprint endurance um event. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like hydration's kind of the foremost, like you should be well oiled or well fueled by the time the game is, exactly, has started. Yeah. So yeah, there'd be little things like bits of fruit. Like I know some people even like to use kind of gels and stuff, but again, how much is that actually having an impact? Some of the time it's just placebo. But to be honest, if placebo works, well then I don't really care either what you're having, it, provided it's not at the cost of you feeling like crap because you've eaten a bit too much or whatever. Um, so it's, yeah, sticking to kind of what you know, but fluids, like things like hydration tablets can be useful too, particularly when the weather gets hotter or even things like Luxides or sports drinks have a role to play to some degree. Um, Again, from kind of a rehydration point of view um, because they contain like electrolytes and salts that you're losing through your sweat as well so um, they kind of rehydrate you a bit quicker Kate you might help us with this one (laughs) hopefully (laughs) what about if you're on a special diet say a vegan or vegetarian diet which are super (laughs) popular right now what Mm -hmm. are kind of specific supplements you'd recommend if anything Um, yeah so I think B12 is a really important one um that's you know you'd be lacking in iron is also really important um again because you're not consuming things that are kind of rich in iron like animal based sources of iron in particular um they contain heme iron whereas plant based um source of iron like kind of spinach and things like that which on paper are high in iron but it's the non heme form so then it takes an awful lot for them to convert to the heme iron so we only actually get to absorb about 7-10% to of that iron um, so those two would be massive like protein again is something that you need to be mindful of but you don't need to even get that from a supplement um, like just including plenty of things like maybe beans, you get some there nuts, um, as Sinead was saying um, yeah, I suppose be mindful yeah they're the f- two things that come to mind really B12 and iron I feel like I'm definitely oh calcium as well is another one so that's be something on your um on kind of to the forefront of your mind too I think um would be important yeah we've had a, another audience question from a member of the Pink Ladies hockey team who are an LGBT summer hockey team here in Dublin and every year they go off on tour to events like the Euro Gay Games and they'd like to know what nutritional advice you both give them uh, to make sure that they can play like they're on the Ireland women's hockey team on a day after they've celebrated like they've just won the Ladies All-Ireland final. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> So who wants to take that one first? Hydration, I think, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you need to hydrate yourselves back to kind of coherency again. Um, The right kind of hydration. Yeah, the right, (laughs) not the one they've been celebrating on anyway. And um, And probably I'd say for me, like something like after a big match like that, like or or a big loss, um, would be like getting in, like as you're saying about the hydration, like using when the like the tablets just as well first before you go drinking. I think like that's really good. <laughs> and then probably another one. Preparation is key. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I would sort of test that. Like that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> key point. Something like that or like will work wonders for you. <laughs> so, yeah. Pro but, tips. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, one more question. So we've had a very specific question regarding vegetarian diets. For someone who does a mixture of weights and cardio three times a week and is a vegetarian, how can she make sure she is taking in all the good stuff and what is the good stuff? So... I presume that's specific to training I suppose to maximise what you're getting from your training again I said it before like protein's a really big one vegetarians can struggle with that like eggs are unreal Um, if you don't have a problem taking something like a whey protein I'd go for a whey protein Um, yeah that would be my kind of like eggs again people often think like oh if I have more one egg or if I have more than one egg a day I'm going to kill over (laughs) that stemmed from kind of guidelines that weren't really backed up by decent research or well I suppose it was all relevant to the time but we now know that uh, cholesterol that you get in the yolk of an egg uh, doesn't have an impact on your uh, on the cholesterol levels in your blood so we make cholesterol in our liver naturally we just make less of it when we get more from our diet so eggs are a good one and you can eat as many as you want and you're not going to have any worries <laughs> there's a lot to talk about kind of whey protein and stuff uh, mm-hmm. or general kind of whatever protein uh, source is there any brands that you guys would recommend or because I mean how do you know what's in them like yeah. they're just powder like yeah, yeah definitely. so is there a specific brands or is there ways of telling what the good ones are yeah 
I actually don't take any, so yeah, I'll pass uh-huh. this one to Kate. <laughs> um, again, it depends. Like, if you're an elite level athlete, like that's going to get drug tested, like you do have to be a bit more vigilant. Like anything that's batch tested has um, uh, informed sport logo on it. Again, just Google that, see what it looks like, and um, that's a good option for you. So, my protein elite do one. Um, optimum nutrition have a good kind of batch tested range. Um, I think Ross Nutrition have a batch a batch tested range too, um, and then I suppose like if you're just kind of using them in general population or you're not going to be drug tested, like my protein are usually cheap and cheerful and they're high quality. Uh, brand I think as well um, and I'm not sponsored this is not an ad um, although they can if they want no joking yeah. but uh, no it's not that's just from my own personal experience and been working with clients yeah um, oh I completely scared that up sorry, sorry. Oh, we were on such a roll <laughs> scrap <laughs> scrap it <laughs> start again Sinead, your cookbook isn't just aimed at athletes, it's for everyone who likes to eat food. Um, Simple, delicious food by the looks of it. Uh, But you're one of the busiest women we know. So uh, give us a couple of life hacks. Top three things. Yes, as I mentioned earlier, definitely like making best friends with your freezer. Emily, start. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like I wouldn't be able to survive at all um, without my freezer. Like definitely like when I was up and down the road from Dublin to Tip, like three times a week with training and everything. And now like with just so much going on with the blog and football and work. um, Yeah, I just wouldn't be able to survive. So definitely like, you know, make a batch cook, put it in portions, put them in the freezer. And like they're not going to go off. That's the thing like loads of people ask me, they're like, how long it lasts like oh will it last like you know a month and I'm like it'll probably last about three months like you know so you'll be absolutely fine and like that's the best way to preserve things so I would say like best friends with your freezer use it like I make a big batch of bread pop it into slices again so your portion sizes and freeze them just take one out in the morning before you go to work alongside like soups like curries stews like you name it you can freeze grains like fresh fruit like yeah the world's your oyster there um on the other thing, like, I think definitely, like, is a diary. Like, I wouldn't be able to survive without a diary. And I find that really useful, like, just, like, we're lucky, you know, when I was with TIP or with FoxCab that we get, like, training schedules and match schedules. So, like, straight away, I know what days I'm training, what days I have a match. You see, you can build your food around that. And then, likewise, like, I know when I'm in work. I know when I have an event or something like that regards the blog. And then I can, like, put in time, like, okay, yeah, I'm going to make this, you know, and I'm going to have that batch cooked on. So just kind of you feel you're in control of the situation. I think that's, like, really empowering to do that. And then you don't feel like you're, oh, God, you have to run home now and make something or a big match now what I'm going to have. And you're running around the place and you've nothing in the fridge or nothing in the press. Um, so I think that's, like, just really empowerful. And then the other thing, like, I think is just, like, to set goals. Like, if you do want to ch- change the way you're eating, um, just set, like, small goals. And I think like that's just again really empowering. You can like just start with like I think best meal to start with is for me anyway, one of my favourites would be breakfast. Like just start cooking from scratch, like trial and error, different things like porridge, you can't kind of really go wrong, something like that, or simple eggs. Um just yeah, take it small, small steps and like you'll gain confidence with that. Just like picking up a new sport or picking up a new skill. Um, you just like it's all practice, like and that's I think big thing I kind of really push with people like just about practicing something it might be boring over and over again then it becomes normal um, it might you might have to persevere with that along the way um, but practice um, patience well like these all these things take time you know like a lot of skills they say like take like a thousand hours to pick up so like you know be willing to know like you might have to commit a bit, bit of time to this but it's going to be worth it um, so yeah make best friends your freezer um, use a diary use a schedule and set small goals and then they'll become achievable you can write cookbooks then <laughs> <laughs> Kate sportswomen are usually juggling training and full time careers and you know trying to manage eating on the go can be difficult so what are your top three hacks for that yeah so I actually do agree uh, with Sinead I think like bulk cooking like if there's one afternoon that you can, you know, throw, like literally you could throw a chilli and a curry together in a pot and you can leave it simmer for like 30 minutes. Like you don't really need to give it love and affection. And then you can whack that out then for the week um, or throw it into the freezer, whatever you don't use. That's like unreal. I think sleep is something like I know we're we're busy, you know, we're always on the go and things like sleep's usually the thing that gets the chop. But I actually feel like that should be up 
on our priority list because we can cope with life better when we've had sleep, when we're not deprived and emotionally unstable. So, do you know, like it makes such a big difference. You yeah. think clearer, you work more efficiently, you get things done, you feel a lot better, you're recovering. So I think sleep shouldn't be put on the back burner. Um, so again, looking to get a minimum of like seven hours at least, at the very least. Um, and obviously the more active you are and the more you do and kind of time permitting push that up to nine if you can um, but again it's it's like what Sinead said like if you're someone who's listening to me now and you're like oh, I only got six hours or I was in a school the other day and some student said she got four hours sleep a night and I'm like what oh God, are you God. doing like your life is not busy enough for four and that's no disrespect but I mean like you know, it's kind of getting out those bad habits. So that's her phone being glued to her arm or another student was up on PlayStation. And, you know, it's but these aren't things that maybe we're doing as adults all the time, but definitely our phone's a problem. Like so trying to cut that off like 30 to 60 minutes before you go to sleep. So what I say in that instance, because it is a trigger, keeps us um awake and it's like definitely affects the quality of our sleep. So. Again, you know, you have to shower or need to get your lunchbox ready for the next day or pack your gear bag or whatever it is, you know, you have to do that. So cut your phone off before you do those things and you buy yourself about 30 minutes without your phone before you go to sleep. Um, so little kind of things like that. But I think sleep's definitely important. A schedule does help. The freezer. Um, and I think really listening to yourself and figuring out what the hell works for you as opposed to like if you look around, if you're an athlete, listen to this and you look around your team and different other people's lives like no one lives your life so you need to figure out okay what is actually working for me what made me feel good what makes me feel like crap and recognizing those things that can be really hard I think as a, as a an athlete when you're in a dressing room mm. and you're looking around you're going oh I you know I have to do what that person's doing or or eat what they're eating um you know and I, there can, you can kind of feel that pressure I've been in that situation yeah. you know so it is important to figure out your own routine Definitely, 100%. Like, I mean, I definitely think, you know, you can learn a lot from your peers. Like, there will be people on every team that's like, oh, she has her shit together. Like, she's a good... She, it's like a captain. Like, you, know, you pick... Like, they're good role models. Yeah. They, they lift the group. Like, so there's things you can definitely take from people, but they... You don't need to carbon copy them. Like, mm -hmm. they won't work. Are, are they the same height? Are they the same weight? Are they the same position as mm -hmm. you? Like, probably not. Like, so... They, that requires a lot in itself, um, schedules, things like that. But no, it can be difficult. But mm -hmm. I suppose, um, I suppose it's a problem with social media too. We all can fall into a yeah. slippery slope of comparing ourselves to if it's not mm -hmm. what someone looks like, it's what they're doing. Like, I mean, I can go myself. Like, um, oh my god, I'm buzzing about work. Like, it was such a good day, it was such a good week, whatever. And I go on Instagram for five minutes and I feel like crap as if I haven't done anything because someone else has got something or blah blah blah. Super productive. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's like so. Don't mess with your own head. <laughs> Don't fall victim to stuff I fall victim to. But um, no, but ultimately, I think it's like pulling yourself back together. And it's like, no, 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 let's just bring it back a little bit and focus on me for a bit. I think that's important. Yeah. And I think I'd add to that. Like, it's just like about taking time off. Yeah. Um, I think like it's so important. Like, I think that's something like I've learned like over the last year. Like anyone who knows me anyway, close friends, they'd be like, Shane, how are you doing all this? Like, just how? And like, I would say definitely like, yeah, you'd sacrifice, you know, your social things, friends, family, those kind of things. But it's taking time off, taking that step away is a like reflect looking back and actually seeing like how far you've come. Yeah. Um, And that's really good. Like with the goals, you can sit back and be look, oh, geez, yeah, look at that goal. Like, sure, sure. I well, well like overachieved that, you know, or, you know, maybe I've got to work a bit harder and something. And then likewise, like if something went wrong, like you can figure out like maybe that was something that you didn't really care about achieving or something like, yeah, you really want to over prioritize this time. Um, so I think like just looking back and like maybe taking the joy out of the little small things. And I think for me, like even writing the book, like I wasn't telling anyone about when I was doing it and it was kind of all this big secret <laughs> and I was just like keeping to myself because I suppose like I was like massive fear of failure I was like oh sure it's never going to hit a bookshelf and no one's going to buy it and I had all these things and I think that's quite normal when it's something like absolutely alien to me to be doing Um, so like yeah just like celebrating like the journey and for me like I just loved like all the the like taking all the pictures writing all the recipes like sending off to my friends and like loads of kind of recipe testing and like I think that can be the same thing like for any big match if you're leading up to like a final and like you know either you win or lose but like it actually the best moments are all generally in the journey or in the celebrations afterwards you know so it's just kind of taking that step back and taking that time off I think is really important and something like I don't think is encouraged definitely in a team environment it's really hard to say listen I'm not I'm feeling crap like I, I don't want to train yeah. today 
I think people are getting more open to that though. Yeah. I think people are appreciating like particularly all the kind of vocal elements now around mental health and stuff like that. Like it is huge. It is a problem. It is something that we need to talk about um, and be open with. Like, but it, that's not to say I'm saying as if it's so easy to do. Obviously, it's yeah, difficult. It's but again, it's about creating environments. But I think it is so important to take those those moments of like reflection and be like, no, like look how far I've come or Jesus, I thought I actually would do a little bit better. Um, how can I how can I get there now? Like, do you know what's not working, what is working? Um, but I do think you need to step back in anything that you're doing to see kind of what actually is going on, like what is good, what's Especially bad. when it comes to food, right? Because it's so personal and yeah, like yeah. it's so cultural. It reminds you of your mammy or your, mm. you know, a special time or you celebrate with it or, you know, uh, you may commiserate with it, like all of those things. So if you, when you're looking back on those things, it can, it can, be a really emotional time you know uh so yeah like give yourselves a break i really like that yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah. <laughs> I like it. super thanks for your time girls i know you've you know had both busy schedules so thanks for coming in to join us in fair game hq you can follow kate on twitter at kate underscore nutri k and have a look on her website too nutrikate.com and follow Sinead too it's Delalicious Food on Twitter and her website is Delalicious.com where you can find a ton of yummy recipes and info on her new strand to the Delalicious Empire that is Sinead's private catering service for retreats, parties and events etc uh, you can also catch Sinead at the Reset Retreat on March 14th to 19th and she'll be doing cookery demos at the Thrive Festival in Dublin's Convention Centre on March 30th Follow us on Twitter too at FairGameCast there's so much live action involving Irish sportswomen to look forward to in the coming ones that's where we provide you with all the necessary information to keep you in the loop and hopefully get you out onto the sidelines. And finally, a reminder to subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you're listening to us on, be it iTunes, Android, Stitcher or Spotify. That way you'll get the next one delivered directly to you. That's all for this episode and we'll talk to you again in two weeks' time. And a special thanks to Revive Active for sponsoring this episode today. Don't forget the code Fair Game Podcast. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.